Today we are continuing to uh, talk about and discuss the vengeance of our God. Now, today we're going to use two scriptures or just base our teaching on two, two scriptures. One from Malachi chapter 4 and also one from, um, uh, uh, or a passage of, of verses from John chapter 10. It's very important to understand the vengeance of God or the anger of God, if you want to call it that. I'd rather say, use the word vengeance in a correct way. Because if we don't understand it correctly, it can bring a lot of pain and hurt and discomfort to our lives. We can also find that we don't have peace in the presence of God. Uh, we can have this underlying uh, fear of the return of, uh, about the return of Christ. Where the return of Christ and um, you know, the, the end of all days is a joyful event. It's a wonderful thing wherein we find that the, that the Lord comes back, you know, and wherein we will be with Him. So this is a happy day. It's not a sad day. It's a blessed, happy time. It's not a time of, um, of, of an outpouring of God, God's uh, discontentment with man. And we're going to look at um, instances in the time of Jesus where we could clearly see the outpouring of the wrath of God or an, or an outpouring, uh, the wrath is not the right word, just the vengeance of God. But I use wrath and I use anger because in our minds we find that it's all uh, just the same thing. Uh, but when we look, um, let, let us look at, at, at Jesus. Jesus was loving, He was caring, he was, he was always showing the love of God. Yet, His walk on the earth was an outpouring of the vengeance of God. It was a day that consumes. It was a day that burns things up. It was destruction. Um, and yes, when we look at the... The, the vengeance of God. There is a there is two sides to that, or or let me put it this way: it can bring two kinds of experiences to it, uh, you know, to a person's life. It can either be a very joyful thing, or it can be something where you feel, man, I'm just losing everything. My life is being destroyed. Um, now we're going to look at that. We're going to explain that from scripture because there's many scriptures in the Bible that talks about the vengeance of God and the anger of God and and those kind of things, and uh, it just br many times brings a wrong understanding about who the Father is. If you remember uh, last Sunday, I was talking about the vengeance of God, and what I said is that God takes vengeance on blindness. Uh, what that means is that mankind was blind. Mankind walked in blindness towards who the Father was, um, what the Father does, who the Son is, they walked in that. I mean, they were com walked in complete blindness as pertaining to sonship, as pertaining to the new birth, as pertaining to the love of God, the kindness, the original plan that God had with man. Complete and utter blindness. God declared vengeance on that, and uh, the way wherein His vengeance was manifested towards blindness was by revelation, uh, wherein He came and He revealed Christ to us. He revealed the life of God to us. He came and revealed um, uh, uh, who He was. Now, uh, if, if we walk in, um, in a wrong understanding of something, and our whole life is based on that, and we come and we reveal the truth, 
what the truth does is it exposes the lie and it destroys the whole lie. Truth destroys the lie. That is just simply how it is. Somebody can come and you, you can, um, like in many countries where people were slaves and uh, uh, slavery was ended, but people still lived in slavery, uh, you would find somebody come and, and then tell the truth to the slaves, which were all the people that, the truth to the free people that was in slavery. Um, and, uh, and, and then you will find the whole slavery system collapses in, on that farm. The farm collapses. The produce it produces cannot be, I mean, they cannot function anymore. The whole economy of it is destroyed. Why? Because of the truth. The truth revealed, um, you know, brings an end to that which is bad. So when we look at the vengeance of God, it is in the very same light. If we take vengeance on slavery, uh, what do we do? We want to bring forth a change of law which declares it as illegal, wherein we then would, um, where people don't have to be slaves. You know, where you cannot sell yourself as a slave. It is, it is not possible. So in the very same way, when Jesus came uh, and he manifested himself as a friend of sinners, we find that all of a sudden the concept of an angry God is burnt up and destroyed. Uh, that is it. And those who were preaching an angry God, those who were preaching the anger of God, as God being angry towards certain folk, uh, all of a sudden you find that their whole, they are exposed as liars, and, um, or that they were caught up, caught up in the lie or deceived. And then as people believe the truth, they run away from those that uh, were preaching the lie, and then the, the, those ministries would suffer. Uh, a good example of that is if you go into a church where tithing is really preached hard and you find tithing or what I call the umbrella message wherein if you don't submit to a certain man of God then, uh, you, know, then you will not be blessed or something like that or you know, the whole system, system gospel thing where if you go into a church like that and you go and you preach Jesus is the tithe, and that tithing is not about money, and that God is not chasing after your money, and that God has already prospered you with maximum prosperity in Christ, and that He will give you all things for free. If you go and teach uh, the truth about sowing and reaping and what the Bible actually says about that, what the Bible actually says about the tithe, you will find some people that, are, um, that have already heard the voice of the shepherd that belongs to freedom, they would want to follow you and they would want to leave that church or they would want to go into, you know, go and say, but pastor, what about this? What about that? And there would be turmoil. So you would find that um, a, a person can come, minister in a church like that, preach, and it, it, it's experienced uh, by the people that don't want to hear the truth as you are destroying me. You are burning up all my work. You are destroying me, um, uh, uh, you're ending all my hard work and you're leading people away. You're causing division and all those kind of things. So that's the context that we're going to that, that look at um, and how we're going to, uh, you know, 
how, what would the right would be. That would be the approach to the grace of our God. Um, in the area of, in the, area of uh, the vengeance of God. Now let's start off by going to Malachi 4. Malachi 4 and then also Matthew. Matthew 3. Matthew 3. Um, I must just now find the right verse. I've, I, I jotted it down but uh, didn't bring the note with. So let us just uh, look at Matthew 3. I'm sorry about that. Matthew chapter 3. This is what the live webcast does. You can't just jump around uh, and quickly go and fetch something. This is about John the Baptist, you know, and him speaking about the, the, the cleaning of the threshing floor of the Lord. And that is in verse 12. Um, that is Matthew 3 verse 12. But let's read that account in, also in uh, Malachi chapter 4. This is what it says. It says, <clears throat> For behold, the day comes that shall burn as an oven. And all the proud, yes, all that do wickedly, shall be stubble. And the day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that, they sh that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name, this sun, or this fire of righteousness, will arise with healing in its wings. And you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under your souls, on the soles of your feet, in the day that I shall do that, says the Lord of hosts. And then he goes on, now it talks about this day, he says, Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I command you, uh, commanded unto him in Horeb, for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So what he's saying here is, he says that there will be a great dreadful day of the Lord. This dreadful day of the Lord will happen just after or just before this day is going to send a prophet, Elijah. But, but when this was written, Elijah already, was already dead. So they were expecting the prophet Elijah to come. And uh, I think they, they, they thought that, you know, he went up into heaven and now he's going to come down. Elijah is going to manifest himself. But here Jesus comes and he says, or later Jesus comes and he says that John the Baptist is Elijah. John the Baptist is Elijah. And he came and this Elijah prophesied about the complete destruction, the utter destruction of the old system. He, he came and prophesied and spoke about and um, this sun, S-U-N, or fire of righteousness that will burn and bring forth healing. There will be healing in the wings or in the flames of its fire. There will be healing. Now, here it says, let's read this, chapter 4 verse 1 again. It says, For behold, the day comes that shall burn as an oven. So it talks about a fire here. It talks about a burning. It burns like, in an, like an oven, very hot fire. It says, and all the proud, so who will be burned up? What will be burned up? All the proud, yes, all that do wickedly, shall be stubble. In other words, they are likened unto stubble. God will come. There will be a day 
wherein there is great fire and the proud will be the stubble. Okay? The, the wicked will be the stubble. And the day that comes shall burn them up. It shall burn them up. It doesn't say there that, that, um, that well, it says here that that fire will burn them up. But we will go and see what that, how that burning up is, what it is. Because we clearly know that Jesus didn't come down with a physical fire, is nowhere recorded, and burn people. That is not it. That is not it. So it has to be something else. So we need to interpret this fire. We need to interpret this thing. Right. But unto you that fear my name, this fire of righteousness will bring you healing. So the very same fire, to the one it spells destruction, and to the other one it spells healing. Now remember what was said last Sunday. The vengeance of God is when God takes vengeance against blindness. Is when God takes vengeance against man finding his righteousness by his own works. Where God takes vengeance against man being slaves. Which takes vengeance against all of that. How? By setting them free. By bringing them to a place where their identity is not in what they do or how rich or poor they are, but where their identity is flooded in Jesus. Where their identity is flooded in the fact that a human being is co-seated with God in the Godhead, in the Trinity, and that is where man belongs. Um, where, where God takes vengeance against this system of we will try and get something from God by our good works or qualify and writing off all our debt where He doesn't treat us based on our own works or based on works where He doesn't keep any trespass against us and where He actually takes away and fulfills the whole law. Now, if that is the, uh, I, mean, I mean, that is the vengeance of God. Now, you might say, but that's good news. It's very good news, but it's not good news for a person who finds his his, his livelihood, he fi finds his life um, in spreading the message that God blesses you when you do something for Him. It's not good news. It is not life-giving for those that um, that comes and 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 uh, want to condemn and control. It's not good news for people that want to make people slaves in their churches so that they can. Um, serve them. It's not good news for people that teach, teach that you need to bomb yourself and kill yourself uh, in order to get a place in heaven, straight place in heaven. It's not good news if you tell them, listen, a place has been prepared for you um, already. You know, so it's not good news. A message like that can actually cause the complete and utter destruction of a system. That's why we don't want to be trapped in any system or have have a ministry built. Let, let me talk church language here now. We don't want a ministry built on on things like um, you know or law-based things because it shall burn away. It shall be utterly destroyed. How? By Jesus revealing the truth. That is this day of vengeance that is talked about here. Let us go and read uh, this very same account uh, or the fulfillment of this.
We're going to read that in Matthew chapter 3, um, and we read from verse, verse 11. Listen to this. Let's read from verse 9. It says, and, ye, and think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say to you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not fruit, forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. If uh, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but the one that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the um, garner, but will burn up the chaff with an unquenchable fire. Now that is such beautiful good news. What it says here is, it, John the Baptist comes and he addresses a certain system. He, what he does is he addresses the Jewish system wherein people find their identity in being physical descendants of Abraham, Jews. They, they feel that because we are uh, Israelites and, you know, that we are the special people of God. Now, what he says here, he says, that means nothing. He says, why, do you, why are you so happy to be a Jew? Why are you so happy to be an Israelite? That means nothing. God can of these stones raise up children unto Abraham. So what he says, you know, there's much more depth in that as well, but um, what he was also actually saying to them is you can still become the children of Abraham. You are not. He said that to physical descendants of Abraham, that they are not the descendants of Abraham, but that they can become the descendants of Abraham. Now, I don't want to go into detail on what he was saying there when he said of these stones can he raise up children unto Abraham. Now, he goes on, it says, And now also the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which brings not forth good fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. So, he says to them, Because God can, God will bring forth children of Abraham. Every tree Every system that cannot bring forth good fruit will be destroyed. So what he's saying is, is, listen, you find, you think that you can bear good fruit because you're the children of Abraham and because you follow the Jewish customs. Let me tell you something. If that system cannot produce immortality and eternal life inside you, it will be destroyed by God. It will be destroyed by God and taken out of the way. For God wants you to have life. God wants you to live. God wants you to be in the abundance of who He is. That's what He wants. And He's going to destroy that old system and bring forth something that can actually bring forth life. Now, if you go to the doctor, um, let me use this example. If you go to the doctor and they give you medicine for cancer and they help you with this, help you with that, and you find a lot of people die, and here and there you might see some healing and people must still, after the healing, go back 
every six months continue to go back because there's no surety that they will be completely healed. And, and all of a sudden, a doctor comes to town and every cancer patient he treats gets perfectly healed. Do you know what's going to happen with the other doctor that treats cancer and that specializes on cancer? He's going to go bankrupt. He's going to be utterly destroyed. How? By this new wisdom the other doctor that can cure has. By the knowledge that he has. So this new spirit that he comes with, he doesn't maybe come with a spirit of the traditional way uh, or the traditional medical way of curing cancer. He comes with a different spirit, a different approach, which works 100%. So what will that do to the other system? If somebody comes and pours out the knowledge that, let's say, and I'm, just, I'm not saying this cures cancer, I'm just saying it for an example. Let's say by eating three mangoes a day, you can be completely cured from cancer. And that knowledge is now all of a sudden available and made available for free to all people all over the world. Do you know what an utter destruction that would bring to the medical world? It will destroy the medical world. It will be burnt up with an unquenchable fire. Unquenchable fire means you will not be able to stop the effect of that because in Afrikaans say, ons no anymore. It, it means this, this truth has now been revealed. It's too late. It's water under the bridge. You can do nothing about it. The, the secret has been revealed. Three mangoes a day, that's all you need, and you'll be perfectly cured from cancer and never have cancer. If that was the truth, it can still, the medical way of doing things, can still thrive and survive as long as what people don't know it. But if that spirit of truth comes and it is revealed, it will baptize every other system with a quenchable, unquenchable fire, an unquenchable destruction which will cause it to, to be completely destroyed. It's like, um, one more example, then we can move on. It's like, you know, when you've got these cassettes, you call it, call it tapes, these cassettes that you played music on. Once the CD came out, people were still listening to it a bit, and then the, the, the revelation or the knowledge of the CD or the USB, uh, you know, that USB sticks or whatever you call it, um, that truth that came forth was an unquenchable fire to the whole tape industry. That, that's it. If people wanted to continue to make tapes, they would go bankrupt. Man. They would be utterly destroyed. The only thing they have to do is now get, start to believe in the CD. And if they believe in the CD, they can manufacture CDs and continue with their business. But if they don't want to, it will be an utter destruction. And this is the context, um, or this is what, is, what, what John the Baptist tried to say here. Let's read again. It says, Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, and gather his wheat into the garner, and will burn up the chaff with an unquenchable fire. Um, so, what we see here is, 
that John the Baptist said, listen, I've got the authority to tell you, repent of, um, you know, you, 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 you are a place where the system you have cannot produce fruit. Wait for the Christ. Because if he could, if people could be convinced and said, well, I've tried by the law, I've tried by being a, a Jew, I've tried by saying, claiming that I'm a child of Abraham, I've tried by all of that uh, to have good fruit, and I find that I don't have any good fruit, so I repent of thinking that I'm something special by the works, I am just a sinner, I wait for the Messiah to come to redeem me from this. You know, if people could repent of that, it would be wonderful. Now, John the Baptist didn't have the authority to bring forth the fire. He didn't have that revelation. But Christ came and what did He do? He came and revealed the love of God for people. He came and revealed the truth about uh, God's heart towards sinners. And what did that do? He, he, he also came and revealed that it's not a Jew and Gentile thing, but a God loves people thing. He also came and revealed that we are His people. All people are His people. That's what He came to reveal. And then, what does that do to the system that talks about separatism, that talks about Jew-Gentile? It destroys it. And the thing is, is that it might take some time for a fire to utterly consume something, but the thing of this about this fire of grace is it's unquenchable. The fire of God's love is unquenchable. You cannot quench it. It shall thoroughly purge and cleanse and burn away all of the old systems. So, practically we can put it this way, getting back to something that we've known. And if maybe you don't come out of the charismatic Pentecostal church system, so if I use some of these examples, it might not uh, pertain to you, but just bear with us. Let's get back to the financial thing again, which people uh, understand very well. The teaching of you must tithe to be blessed shall be utterly destroyed by the fire of God's grace. It shall be utterly consumed by the message of God is our Abba. That is it. That, that is just the way it is. I hope you understand this vengeance of God. So if, if, the, if you want to stick to law legalism system, it will bring, it, it, it will end sometime. It's going to end. Now you can be destroyed with it in the sense of, um, well, I'm going to stick to it. And then you will have the destruction that that brings as the old system ends. And if you don't want to go from tapes to CDs, you're going to have the consequences of um, a system that cannot produce life, wherein you try to rely upon it to give you life dump you into death. It will not be the CD company killing you. It would be you trusting in something that doesn't have the ability to give you life. I hope you understand my analogy there. Right, let's go to uh, the last verse that I want to read, and this is in uh, John 10. Jesus said in verse 39, For judgment I came into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. So do you see the judgment of God? The judgment of God is that we're gonna that there were people that said they see the way unto God. 
This is the judgment of God. I declare that there, this is Jesus' judgment, I will bring forth something that will declare their way of, their insight. It will put it into the category of blindness. And those who were seen as blind by those who declared that they have the light. In other words, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, the old system, those people that thought they were a, a, a light unto, um, in darkness. They were a guide unto the blind. That's what the Jews thought they were. And then all these Gentiles were just blind people. And they were the light. That's what they thought. And they had the sight. And they could see the way unto God. Now, God says, my judgment, we're talking about judgment now, the outpouring of judgment. This is the judge, what, what judgment will do. It will declare, at the end of the day, when you understand what God has revealed, that the people who says, we see the way through the law, they'll be seen as the blind. And then those who can see what Christ has done, will be called those that can see. That is what it's talking about. Now we're talking about judgment. We're talking about now is the judgment of this world where we were just fearing judgment. No, if you want to stick to the law, if you want to stick to works righteousness, you, yes, you've got reason to fear. Because nobody's going to believe in what you believe and your system will prove not to provide you with life. That's it. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? And Jesus said to him, if you, if you were blind, you would have had no sin. But now you say we see, wherefore your sin remains. So what Jesus said is, if you could see what I'm doing, you would not walk with sin in your heart. You would not live in sin. Because the context here was Jesus came and uh, he healed somebody that was born blind and then they cast this guy out. Now that is a sin. And they continued to hate a person that Jesus healed. And they were against what Christ has come to do. Why? Because they were blinded. And now they live in the sin of rejecting and not seeing what Christ has done. Why? Because they, they want to cling to we are Jews by our own works. Or in today's terms, we would say I am what I do, basically. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, He that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Now, who's he talking about? He's directly referring to the Pharisees. He says to the Pharisees, actually, remember, Jesus is the door. He says to them, if you want to lead people out into true freedom, but you're not coming through me, you can't see me as the way, but you see the law as the way, or Judaism as the way, or being an Israelite, being circumcised, all those things as the way, or in today's terms, um, you know, you've, you've got to follow some of these charismatic whatever laws and rules and whatever, you know, be it Dutch reform, whatever church law um, to find life. As long as what you try that, listen, let me tell you, you're a thief and a robber. If you're a leader that wants to lead people out outside of only the finished work of Jesus, 
you in the eyes of Jesus are seen as somebody who's robbing people and you want to steal sheep because the sheep doesn't belong to you. The sheep belongs to Jesus. It is his sheep. The people are not the people of the law. The people are the people of God. And when they hear the true message, they will be gathered unto Jesus, you know, when they hear the truth, when the true shepherd comes in and he brings the true message, which is through the door Christ, which is the message of our innocence and our perfection in Christ, those people will be led out. But in the very same moment, when Jesus is declared as the door, Anybody who doesn't want to go through the door is in one second, he, he, he was a hero and he went from a hero to a zero in a second. He went from hero to robber in a second. And Jesus goes on and he, and, and he explains this. He says, Verily I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep, and all that ever came before me, Everybody that ever came before me didn't use me as the way to try and lead the sheep out. He says, um, that means all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them, for they could not lead the sheep out. They could not obey them, for the, 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 the true shepherd will call his sheep by their name. What is it when you call the sheep by their name? If you call your sheep, if Jesus, if the true shepherd comes and he calls the sheep by name, what will he do? He will call them by the name. Name talks about um, who they really are. He will, and if we are the sheep of the shepherd Jesus, if he's the good shepherd and we are the sheep and, we are, and the people are called by name, what will you call them? You will call them sheep of the Lord. Not goats that can become sheep, but sheep of the Lord. You are in a fold. You are bound in a certain place, but I will lead you out. And you will find pasture, and you will rest, and you'll eat. You're a place where you cannot eat, but I'll take you to a place where you can eat, and where you can rest. That is the whole thing. So when we talk about the vengeance of our God, um, in conclusion, what we are saying is, that the vengeance of our God, the fire of destruction of the Lord, is towards the legalistic system. That's what it is. And it's an unquenchable fire and it shall do its work. Let us not live in a place where that fire um, is seen as... Let us have that fire as the fire that brings joy to us. Because it reveals our innocence. And if you are a pastor or a leader or a person that has believed a certain life for a long time, listen, resisting the truth, being angry, it's just going to cause you more pain and more destruction. And your life will just be further destroyed. Just say, listen, I didn't know, or I did know and I resisted it for a while, but I'm partnering with the truth. And I'm not talking about giving money to the truth, but I'm saying I'm believing the truth now. Um, and you will find that the voice of grace will not be to your destruction, but will be unto your upliftment and the fruit will be joy. Glory to God. Every tree that could not bring forth good fruit. It doesn't say every person. It says every tree. A tree is something where we eat from. Jesus is a tree. 
that bears the fruit of eternal life and we can go to the tree Jesus and eat from it. In the same way there are other trees in this garden, the trees of works righteousness, trees of uh, self-righteousness, trees of whatever, you know, and you can go and try and eat of that tree, it will not produce, give you eternal life. That, the axe is at the root of that tree when John the Baptist preached it already and Jesus is chopping it out and he's burning it all away and eventually in the day of the return of the Lord you will find um, as he reveals everything and brings forth the lost stuff that need to be brought forth you will find that there is not one system like that it's completely destroyed in that day of our Lord glory to God thank you so much for watching I trust this message has deeply impacted you